Hey, it's Beth, episode 394. Okay, something nice just happened, and I just had to talk about it. I got really into it. I saw this video of Will Farrell playing his cowbell at his son's concert, his son's first concert, and he he was so gracious. He didn't make it about him. It got his son a lot more exposure, and it's for college kids with cancer, which is great. The kid has a lot of talent. I watched his videos. He's a heartthrob. He's so cute. The reason he's so cute is because Will Ferrell's wife is so cute. But the way he pulled himself back, he never becomes the story. That is such a dad, a loving thing for a dad to do. I don't even know how he did it. Because it was the cowbell, the funniest thing that ever was. It, so anyway, I had to look up Will Ferrell. Okay, so it all starts with, well, actually, it starts with his dad, who was a keyboardist and um, saxophone player for um, the Righteous Brothers. Okay, that's great. That's where this probably grandson gets the talent, because he's, he's a musician, too. Okay, Will hated his father's show business career. And when he was a kid, his dad was always gone. And then his dad was always not working. And it was stressful on the whole family. Then his dad got a big break to make a, a um, album in Nashville. He goes out there. He's gone for a month. All the money goes with him. And it was just a tax evasion thing. So his dad was left with albums in the garage and in a warehouse. Oh, my God. So tragic. So... Will didn't even want to go into show business. What he really wanted to do was become a um, salesman or a man with a briefcase like his friend's dad's, who just came home every night and there was no drama. Okay, but he went into show business because he was the first ne'er-do-well, the first millennial. He went to college. He was pretty athletic. He tried to get on the... Um, as the Southern California football team goes out, he was a kicker um, in high school. Okay, so he goes out, tries out. The coach says, give me, give me one kick. Then the coach says, give me another kick. And the coach goes, two more, three more. Got up to eight. Will was excited. The coach called him over. He said, listen, kid, here's what I want you to do. Will's like, what? I'll do anything. He said, I want you to leave. Just leave. I, I don't even want you to be a tackle dummy on this team. So that was the end of his career in sports. Goes to college, wants to be a journalist, just like uh, Ron Burgundy. But he hates journalism, and he doesn't care what the story is. He just wants to be in front of the camera. So he comes home. He's on his mom's couch for years and years and years. Finally, she got him... Some, I mean, he's, he's in his mid-twenties. She got him um, acting lessons, and it took. So he said, Mom, I really think I can do this. Could you pay for me to go to Los Angeles? She said, absolutely. And so he goes to Los Angeles, and he becomes one of the groundlings. Okay, so that's good. That's a good start. Then um, he meets this wonderful girl, and she has gone to Pomona, which is a really good school. And it has an art, um, a degree in art, but she wants to be an actress. She's real cute. She's Swedish. Um, I think she thinks he's a bit of a ne'er-do-well. 
So they start dating and then they become friends. She actually has, has to get him a job at the art house that she's interning at. And so they become friends. Big thing happens. He gets a break, goes to New York for Saturday Night Live. He's got this real hot girlfriend, red hot girlfriend is what he calls her. And he keeps calling up Vivica because they're friends now. So he has five minute phone calls with his red hot girlfriend on the phone and Vivica in here on the phone for two hours. So he kind of realizes that she was the one that got away. She's She's got a good sense of humor, but she she's kind of serious. So he comes back and um, tells her that he thinks she's the one she, that he's pretty sure she, she's the one who got away. And she goes, yeah, I got away. And so he has to lure her back in. They were friends for five years in the mid 90s. Takes him quite a while to move the you know, like it's a big, um, you know, ship going down uh, in one direction. And he's this little tugboat and he has to change the direction for Vivica to take him seriously as a person, which she does finally. And he proposes on the beach where they had their first date. She's terrified because it's night and it's kind of dangerous on Santa Monica Boulevard or Pier. And he finally says something stupid like, I really like you. Would you marry me? And she laughs and she realizes she's going to marry in that case, which she did. And, but that she loved him. And it becomes really clear because he thinks of himself as a romantic and he sends her Valentine bouquets, beautiful ones every year with cards that are strange. So one of them, I mean, but she loves it because she's, she decided, okay, I'm going to marry a funny man. She's Swedish. That was tough. That's a leap. That's, you know, the Swedish people aren't known for being comics. So she loves this guy. The first one he sent her was heartfelt. And it goes, my love for you has grown over the year by a total of 3%. She laughed her head off. I mean, and they're, she's thinking about having kids with this guy, but she's not quite sure, right? Another one comes and it goes, he considers himself romantic. I, I'm reading it over, I can't believe it. He goes to her in this one card, you are the fifth best looking person in your office. Then another one comes, my heart skips a beat every time I look at you. Oh wait, that's atrial fabulation. All right, that's the year she decides that she can have kids with this guy because He's wearing her down. So she starts to think he's funny. So they have these three boys together. And then the third year after the children are coming, another Valentine arrives and it goes, honey, you're a great mother, but you have no sense of personal space. Back off. Happy Valentine's Day. Unbelievable. But it's working. She now thinks he's hysterical. She thinks he's lifting these lines straight out of a Shakespearean sonnet. She is lost. Next one comes, happy Valentine's Day, don't be a witch. Why did you write that well? To confuse the enemy. She's laughing her head off. Then this one comes, if you get stung by a jellyfish, I'll totally pee on you. She thinks it's all hysterical and it's a good thing because she has three boys, three boys. 
There's no letting up on the craziness. So, this is what happened. He's a good dad. You can tell from that video and you gotta watch it. It's real short. It's just amazing how he doesn't make it about himself. So I had to figure, I had to find his advice for parenting, okay? So, on raising three kids, he said, you have to bark at them like a prison guard. Upstairs now, teeth brushed now, lights out now. And he said, you know, I know I'm a comedian and I hope nobody looks in the window, but this is how I have to do things. Okay, so there's another one on kids arguing skills. He said kids turn into trial lawyers with the most amazing defenses. One of his sons, he gave him a hundred dollar wetsuit when they arrived at the resort. The kid loses it immediately and he said, Dad, it's your fault. Why did you give me something so expensive I had to keep track of? That's pretty good. Subtle. Okay. On, on reading stories at night, he said, don't let them stop you from using your voices. You have to enjoy yourself too. His middle son was like, Dad, please just stop with the voices. He said he couldn't. He couldn't. And they wore the guy down. Now he thinks they're funny. Just like with his wife. It takes time for people to like you. And he's got kids. They can't go anywhere. He's very confident he could work it out. And he did. Okay. So here's another one. Okay. He tears up when he sees his kids when they say they love him. So he tries to make it so that they don't. He just speaks to each child once a week. That's all he does. He really figured it out. All you really have to do is feed them. So that's what he does. He does not go to school meetings because he doesn't want to hear anything negative. So he just doesn't show up at teachers' conferences and he suggests you don't either. So, okay, the other thing is when the children are completely out of control and it's loud in the house and it gets so loud in this house he can hardly think, he comes down to, win to dinner just wearing his underpants. It stops everyone. They're perfect because it's implied that if they're not good, he'll take his underpants off. That is the best piece of advice. My son, Matt, used to pull that thing when you'd be online and there are all these candies and the kids in the cart. He would reach for them and start screaming if you didn't get them. I would sing Jeanette McDonald tunes like the moon goes over the mountain and he would say, mom, you're embarrassing me. And I'd say, you're embarrassing me. And it was, it was like a standoff. It was over. But I think this underwear thing is huge. I don't think a mother should do it unless she has girls. Maybe I think the father, it was brilliant and it worked every single time. He said, this is what he's done with his son with, son with curfews. And this is Mateus Magnus, his oldest son. Everybody thinks he shouldn't have named the kid that because it's like uh, too big. He said, forget it. It's a, a Scandinavian and he loves it. So Magnus, and he, he's quite beautiful. First time curfew, past the curfew, that was fine. Had a little chat with him in the kitchen. Second time, he's got this friend named Robert who's a locksmith. Robert came over and changed the locks. Never had to say a word again. On Halloween, it started out and you gotta really think about this. He let his children decide what it could be for Halloween. For years, it was going beautifully. Now for the past four years, he's been a poop 
emoji. Better and better costumes. More realistic every single time. On strict versus permissive parenting. I fall probably somewhere in the middle because I think there are definitely moments when you have to just go, no, you're not. You don't get that. When they say why, just say, because I said so. You can't be your child's friend. And every now and then you just really need to let them know that. And because I said so is the most bizarre, off-putting thing you could do. But it's because I said so. And I drive the car. And I've got the money. And you've got to listen to me. And that is a valuable, valuable thing. Okay, in the video that you're going to watch, it's going to say... Um, oh, yeah. Okay. It's going to say hot buttered, hot buttered, what does it say again? Oh my gosh. Hot buttered jazz. And what that means is hot buttered soul. And, and that's on his t-shirt and his kids wear these t-shirts all the time. And it means quality black music, not Northern music. I didn't write it. I'm just telling you the truth. Isaac Hayes, he's, he's got this thing. And so it's hot buttered soul. And that's what that says. The cancer for college. He started that. He does a lot of charity work with his wife. They are so good and they are so cute together. In 1993 for cancer for college, his friend Craig Pollard got cancer. He lost both of his legs. They've stayed friends forever. They've got this organization and it's raised $6 million. And his son, Magnus, that was the charity for his first, very first concert event. So, I mean, this guy is a good guy. They've been married for 22 years and he's cute with her. He says he just does, does movies now, so he has to lose weight to be in the movie because he keeps gaining weight when he comes home because it's right by, there's a refrigerator right there and he can't stop himself. So, he loves to be home, loves to be with his kids, loves to be with his wife and she's really nice. Oh my God, she's only two years younger than he is. He's like 54, she's like 52. And she doesn't dress like, she just dress, dresses nicely. And they look nice together. He's taking it easy on, easy on her. She loves art. She is a, um, you know, the guy who goes $10 at the, he's, she's an auction person at a, a great art house. He lets her collect art and he likes it. They've got a really good marriage. They've got three really good kids. And you can tell from the video when you see his son, he's just, he's just so sweet. And he's not going overboard with his dad because his dad said, this is about you. And he lets it be that way. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's like Cary Grant comes on stage and, and, and people, it doesn't become more cowbells. It, they don't scream it like Christopher Walken. Okay. Just one more little story to make you know how hard this was for him to do. Christopher Walken is great. And um, Will and his wife went to go see him in a play. Broadway. He goes backstage to tell him how great it was. It was probably the behanding in Spokane, which was great. So anyway, Christopher talks to him and I can't do Christopher Walken. Uh, but Will can. You've ruined my life. Every night, all I hear at the end of the performance is, we need more cowbells. Go to an Italian restaurant. Order a sauce bolognese. What do I hear? The chef comes out. He goes, we need more cowbells, don't we? 
After this entire career, all I get is, we need more cowbells. That doesn't happen to you. That wasn't your line. That was the line you wrote for me. After everything I've done, tonight you heard them at the end. We need more cowbells. I want to kill you. I want to kill you. If I could kill you and get away with it, I would kill you and get away with it. So, that's the guy who went on stage with his son Magnus playing the cowbells. And it didn't become about Will Ferrell. That's what really great dad parenting can do. It's, it's a miracle. So anyway, I loved it. I think Will Ferrell's great. Oh my God, the last movie he's in, Spirited. You can watch it with your family. Do watch it with your family. He was real scared to do it because he has to sing and dance, which is brand new for him. I mean, he thought acting in a serious role would be hard. This is the scariest thing he's ever done. And he knocks it out of the park. So does Ryan Reynolds. It's got very clever, clever dialogue. You can watch it with your family on Christmas Eve. For once, watch a new movie. So, can't say enough about the guy, and I never even liked the guy. To be honest, I'm the only person who hasn't seen the movie with Ron Bur Burgundy. And I saw Talhagen Nights, and it was okay, not great. I'm just not a fan of his movies. Except for Cowbells, that was funny. I'm not a fan of that over-the-top stuff. I thought he was cute in Elf because that was written to be over-the-top. But the other roles, just didn't, I just don't love him as an actor. I love him as a dad. So that's my happy story. And maybe there'll be another one. I don't care. That is good. I didn't think anything was going to happen this week. So good luck. Stay sane. I can't believe that is Christmas music. Alexa. Any, oh, I said that name. Okay. Um, I gotta go before Alexa gets mad, and I am staying sane. Stay sane. Bye-bye.